Tonight, we talk about a movie that's a real slice of Americana. Guns, bootlegging, and a naked William Shatner. Music! Welcome to the New World Podcast, where we talk about every movie released by New World Pictures. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. I'm here. And Erica. Hi. And tonight, we are going to talk about a pretty fantastic movie, I have to say. Big Bad Mama. Hold it right there, mister. Angie Dickinson. Big Bad Mama. My mother's still got some rights in this country. Hey, you can't do that. The hell I can't. Paradise, Texas, 1932. We're going to have everything we ever wanted. Prosperity was just around the corner at the nearest bank. All the money. Like John D. Rockefeller said, you got to grasp the dynamics of money and keep the currency on the move. Where'd you go, folks? Why can't we be right up there with Ford, Rockefeller, Capone, and all the rest of them? The cops. Living fast, killing faster, they blasted their way through seven states. Angie Dickinson, William Shatner, Tom Scarry, Big Bad Mama, rated R. Yeah, I, I have to say, last in the last episode, we talked about Heathers, and we all agreed that Heather's was perhaps the best movie that New World ever made. And that I, we had watched so far. Yes, and so I I have to uh, redact my previous statement and say this might be the best movie that New World ever made for all the opposite reasons. While Heather's, <laughs> you, watch, <laughs> while Heather's you watch and you say, I can't believe this is a New World movie. This movie... Every second, you're like, this is a fucking New World movie. Yeah. It embraces everything New World. Thank and you for rap- saying embrace, because I like to say it oozes New World. <laughs> <laughs> it, it I think does. it embraces much more di- diplomatic. <laughs> yeah. It ejaculates New World. <laughs> oh! Oh! So this is actually a uh, directed by Steve Carver. This is his second movie. He, mm. he initially directed um, The Arena. He came to New World out of uh, the AFI. And he was cutting trailers for a while and writing scripts. And then he got his chance to direct The Arena and went from The Arena, which we have not talked about yet, but we will. We, and he rolled right into Big Bad Mama, which is dire- which is produced, I should say, by Roger Corman, who who was not always directly involved in the productions of New World movies, but he did produce this one. And written by Frances Dole, who uh, uh, was the story editor of New World. She she wrote a lot of the initial drafts of a lot of the movies, but didn't always retain credit. 
but she gets credit in this. And then the movie is mostly written by William Norton, who wrote Moving Violation for uh, New World and also wrote a lot of um, uh, uh, Burt Reynolds movies mm-hmm. like White Lightning and Gator and another in a Western as well um, called Sam Whiskey, which also co-starred Angie Dickinson, who stars as Big Bad Mama herself, uh, otherwise known as um, what's her Wilma character's McClatchy. name? Wilma Wilma McClutchy. McClatchy. Wow, McClatchy. I didn't even realize that character had a name. Yeah, Wilma McClatchy. <laughs> Wilma McClatchy. Who, I mean, uh, eighty-three minutes wasted. Didn't even know her character had a name. <laughs> well, you would just assume her name is Big Bad Mama. I, mean, I thought her name was Mama. Is. Right. Well, that's my she's, bad. She's mostly called Mama, but that is her name is Wilma McClatchy. And this movie is about her and her two daughters and uh, another guy who is a thief and then a southern con man guy just touring across the United States uh, committing crimes and showing off their boobies and having sex. And and boning each other. Like all mom and kids all sharing. It's a very close knit clan. But I, I have to say, before we dive into this, uh, and I, I, I'm going to jump ahead to uh, 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 things we loved just because I have to get oh. this out of the way. Oh, wow. Angie, a- Angie Dickinson is fantastic in this movie. Mm. The dialogue in this movie, if delivered by anyone else, would just be garbage. But she does it so convincingly. Like, in the very beginning, they're going to... Uh, they've had a uh, an arranged marriage, I guess, with her youngest daughter. That's how we start it. We're in what Paradise, Texas. T- Paradise, in Texas. The, and uh, she, in, in 1932, and she goes with her, I guess, boyfriend because they've left the husband, but we don't ever see that. They walk out of the house, right. but he puts his hand over, and she immediately is like, "Get take your hand off my titty," and. Yeah. <laughs> Like she's saying those with such bravado and confidence. Like she knew, like, I know exactly what kind of movie I'm in. I know exactly how to deliver these lines. And she's excellent through the entire thing. This is an awesome movie for Angie Dickinson. Of course, uh, she had already done like Rio Bravo and Ocean's Eleven and obviously was, you know, a, a huge star at the time. But this was her in her 40s coming off a string of a couple bad movies. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, she really paved the way for models turned actresses. You know, she really got out there, really got it ready for, you know, set the stage for Rebecca Romaine, for, uh, you know, Mila Jojovich, <laughs> uh, maybe set the stage for Channing Tatum. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what people think. <laughs> Taking calls, callers, go ahead. We're, uh, lines are open for anybody who I'm, wants to call in. Gemma Ward, Ashton Kutcher. What other models can I name? Tyrese Gibson. Maybe she set the stage for Tyrese to become a model actor. Erica is just now doing research about the movie on her phone. Brian, and that is what she Edit that out. <laughs> I can pull stuff off the dome. And by the dome, I mean the Google Dome. Um, that was brought to you by Erica's real time research. Hurry up and figure it out. Real time. Uh, I would also like to say in, in, in relation again to Heather's, 
while we commented that in Heather's, it's a bunch of 30-year-olds playing 20-year-olds. Sure. And it's it's very unconvincing. I mean, they actually, the main stars were about the same age, but all the background people were much older. This is the exact opposite, where you have 20-year-olds playing 15-year-olds. Right. And it's totally convincing, which is very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, though I would say I feel like one of the, the daughters, and I'm talking about uh, Polly, is the youngest. She's the one who's always carrying around a little doll. Yes. And uh, I feel like, how old is she supposed to she, be? She Well, she's supposed to be 14, maybe. Okay. 13. But yes. she's, but she's like 20 as a, like, but I was, I had to look her age up. Yeah. Because I was very concerned in the, in the wedding scene, they rip the part of her top off. Her boob pops out. Right. I, I was, very concerned that I had seen something I wasn't supposed to see. Which is pure, uh, it was a pure Roger Corman movie. Uh, a movie, a move, I should say. Yeah. It was also seen later when they're getting chased by the two federal agents from the wedding. And, uh, <laughs> and the same daughter, Polly, like, re- like yells them out the window, like, don't shoot us or whatever. And her titty comes out yet again. And I watched the I watched the DVD um, with uh, the director's commentary by Roger Corman and uh, Angie Dickinson, and she just at that moment goes, "She I forget what she says, but she just goes, uh, Roger, uh, you make it interesting." And he goes, he goes, he says, uh, "It's the cheapest special effect there is." <laughs> wow! I'm well, like, that it- is Roger Corman just. Just like she had her, her shirt ripped in the, you know, in the church for no good reason. And then she's yelling out the window where Titty pops out for no reason. There's no nope. reason for that. Which right now but, I'm going to go ahead and claim the Polly's Titty Twitter account. <laughs> so nobody gets that. That's me. I'm going to figure out Twitter. You. I'm going to get on it and I'm going to claim Polly's Titty Twitter account. And now, of course, that is uh, actress Robbie Lee, uh, who yeah. is uh, made her debut, basically, I think, essentially her debut in this. Um, and she would go on to work with Jack Hill, as we remember from Big Dollhouse, um, on uh, Switchblade Sisters. Right, right. Such um, a great name for a movie. And she is a real tough bad girl in that. Whereas this, she plays the real wide-eyed innocent. What a range. God, imagine the range of that titty, too. My God, it can really do anything. It can do anything. It can do anything. What an unstoppable force. So they start with this um, wedding that they, that basically uh, Angie Dickinson decides she's no longer a part of. And here's where things get real interesting because they race out of the church. She takes her old boyfriend. They hop into his car. They uh, drive off. Uh, by the way, the, the 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 reverend of this whole proceeding that uh, is played by Royal Dano. Yeah. Who we will remember from House 2, who plays Grandpa. Yep. Who everybody yep. will remember for having the greatest name ever. Yes, Royal Dano. Pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. Um, but anyway, they drive off, and then the federal agents... I don't know how they even get involved in all this, but they somehow are chasing them down from the. I thought they were just at the wedding. It's the moonshine. 
It's is it the moonshine that that they they were chasing the boyfriend anyway? So I think so. Oh. Yeah, and so they chase them, and they eventually they cannot hit anything. These guys are like, they are uh, co- they they literally drive their car at one point into giant piles of manure. Like that is how right. <laughs> these guys are total bumbling idiots. However, it some, has a very like Keystone Cop. They Benny somehow Hill. like. Do the magic bullet theory thing, and somehow, <laughs> somehow from the grassy knoll, they are able to somehow hit the boyfriend inside the car and kill him when they shot nobody else. I didn't. I'm not even sure they shot out the back window. It's pretty amazing how they were able to kill off the boyfriend, but he's gone almost instantly. So they decided to take on his bootlegging jo- uh, business, and this starts them on a, a whole line of crime. So that brings up a great point, which is, what do you think this movie is about? And I'll volunteer first because I'm bringing up the subject. This movie is really about uh, them just falling into a life of crime through pure dumb luck. Like the boyfriend gets shot because they left the wedding. They're like, well, we got this moonshine, so we got to sell that. Uh, uh, Then uh, the youngest daughter... um, while they're while she they're trying to sell the moonshine, uh, shoot, she hooks up with uh, the uh, with a guy who is played by Paul Linky, otherwise known as Artie Grossman from Chips. Oh wow, yes, I wonder where Which, I knew him from. Yeah, he was in Chips. And he literally will hook up with anybody. She is ready. She, she's she's a real sex pot. She's down to pound. She. She is she down is to DT. pound <laughs> pound. Oh, geez. It felt it felt gross coming out of my mouth, oh, and I it was, it's too late. It's already out. I don't know. Oh, Will this God. get edited? I hope so. I don't. But if not, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it won't. Uh, oh, funny so story. Um, oh, when I was in college, I worked at a coffee and tea store, and you were and- down <laughs> And I was down to pound. That is not the point of the story. But I think in a that way... Side it's note, still- a very critical side note. DTP, <laughs> down to pound. DTLB, sometimes. And then if you're in Europe, it's DTKG, because they do everything by kilometers. You want a pound of this Earl Grey? Also, I am also down to pound. Your Earl Grey. that is your, <laughs> that is your-, your Earl Grey. <laughs> Oh. Uh, um. Anyway, I, I lost track. I was down to pound, and then uh, <laughs> you worked. You worked at a coffee and tea store, Mark. <laughs> while I was working there, uh, Paul Linky used to come in every Sunday oh, wow. and buy a pound of coffee, and I never called him Grossman, although I thought about it all the time because he—I mean—he looked exactly the same and wore Aloha shirts. But anyway, that it's not as good of a story as saying that I was down to pound some Earl Grey, but. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I wish you had told me you were down to pound. <laughs> if I could turn back time, I'm down to pound, and you look down a pound, if I may say so, sir. <laughs> so, anyway, th- this movie is about dumb luck because uh, she hooks up. Uh, th- they have enough money to pay off the cops, so they get away with that. Then they, uh, you know, they end up robbing a strip club or a, a illegal burlesque show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there just so happens to be a traveling missionary right outside. So they are able to hop in the van. Dumb luck. They 
Meet up with a guy who has a unique ability to pick the horses at the track. Just dumb luck. It's a there's very little planning that's going on yes, in her life it is outside a series of, of like coincidences that right. make up the plot of this movie. Yeah. Though though I should say, what do you think this movie is about, Erica? Um, I also think it's about dumb luck, but I think it's be it's dumb luck because it's somebody pretty. So Angie Dickinson, Angie, Angie Dickinson, Angie Dickinson, Angie Dickinson, as some people call her, mm. um, is gorgeous, as we all know, is, was, will forever be gorge. Um, yeah, when you're pretty, like, stuff happens for you. So I think it's also that story about when you are, you know, a, a hot single mom, it's going to work out. See, yeah. you know, for me, I felt this movie was about one man's mission to have sex with an entire family. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> what I thought this movie was about. So you think Big Bad Mama is about William Shatner or Tom Skerritt? Tom Skerritt. Oh, okay. William Shatner okay. does not have sex with anyone but Big Bad Mama. All right. And, I just I didn't know who you thought was on the mission. Let's table that scene for later because that... <laughs> Does, that deserves yeah. discussion. Yes, that scene. Okay, but uh, so no, I'm talking about Tom Skerritt. Who in the scenario is Tom Skerritt? He's the big bad mama. <laughs> yeah, right. He is because he definitely gets a mother load of this family. So that's how it is in their family. <laughs> yes. yes, this is a uh, pretty wild sexual family. Uh, that's also doing a lot of crime, but they also are having a lot of sex with the same guy. Yeah. Tom, young Tom Skerritt. Which, if I'm honest, and I mean, it won't help me to ask you two. Maybe callers. I'm ready for your calls if you want to go ahead There's and no call There's no call. In. There's no call line. Phone lines are open. Phone lines are open. There's no phone line. Um, I mean, Tom Skerritt, am I right? Who wouldn't be down to down to pound with Tom Skerritt, you know? If I met Tom Skerritt, I'm plugging myself into this movie now. <laughs> sure. Tom Skerritt takes a break from this family, pops into town for a brusque. I happen to be there and he's like, hey, I've been pounding this whole family. I'd still be like, let's go. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Tom Skerritt! <laughs> At the time, he had done a lot of TV leading up to this. He's done everything. He was also, though, in MASH. Yeah. In a small role. He was in Combat, a bunch of episodes. The Virginian, a bunch of episodes. Gunsmoke, a bunch of episodes. He was also in Harold and Maude as a motorcycle officer. Um, <clears throat> and then he's in Big Bad Mama. Uh, of course, he. I think his... I think his career really takes off at Alien. Am I wrong? I think I'm. I think uh, that might be I the case. I think his career really takes off at Space Camp. <laughs> <laughs> so back it up. Fair enough. Back Fair it up. enough. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. It, he literally has been in fucking everything. Everything that is on his IMDb page. Uh, Top fucking Gun. Fucking everything. Top Gun. Alien. Contact. Alien. Co <laughs> Space camp. Space camp. A river runs through it. Oh, a river runs through it. Yeah, I mean. He's in everything. He's been in everything. Turn on Lifetime channel right now. It's probably a movie playing that he's in. <laughs> I mean, my God. Incidentally, I kind of fucked up. And uh, 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 Polly doesn't hook up with, uh, with uh, Grossman from Chips. She hooks up with 
Detective Stanley Switek from Miami Vice. Either way, oh, she's inclined. Got she's it. really she is really into cops. This is live fact check. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna keep that whole shit in there because I want I want I want to get the email from the dude or or do that who it was like for the last five minutes like he had that wrong. <laughs> He had that wrong. But we dude, have corrected. He doesn't know that shit. He doesn't know this movie. We have got corrected that shit wrong. it, sir, ma'am, uh, they. We have corrected he, it. We have, he may be down to pound, but he's that, not down to fact check. Uh, speaking of fact checks, Tom Skerritt was also a voice in uh, the Disney Plains ripoff Wings Skyforce Heroes. <laughs> wow. Every fucking everything. everything he's, he's been, been in. everything. And he, you know what? I will say this. I don't know if I can totally fact check this right now live, but he was fucking great in all of them. In he was. every single one of them. You don't even need to fact check it. Just close your eyes and think about a movie you think he was in or that he was actually in, and you know he was great. You know he was great. I think he's pretty great in Beverly Hills a, Cop. He, he is, I don't think he's in it, but I'm pretty sure he's great in it. You know what? He was amazing in Steel Magnolias. He might even have actually been in that. I don't remember. But... <laughs> His ruggedly handsome, outdoorsy good looks have improved with age, and he has proved himself to be a leading man. Proved himself? This bitch has been a leading man since day one. How dare you? That's some real well, time Well, he research. actually was more of a character actor to start. But what? Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he didn't have leading roles for a while. But he's, he's great in this, too. And Angie Dickinson is awesome in this. Uh... This is just kind of like a super fun romp. And like you said, it's just a bunch of things happening. But there's something about Steve Carver's direction. He just kind of gets out of the way and just kind of lets you enjoy what's happening and kind of lets you just enjoy the characters and kind of enjoy what's going on. And yes, he fills it with a lot of boobies. There's a lot of boobies in this, including Angie Dickinson at 40 years old, stripping naked. Now, can we jump into the naked scenes? He, oh, let's get into it. Let's let's do it. She has a her first love scene with Tom Skerritt, who shows up. He's a he's a fellow bank robber that they just team up with, and eventually, then he becomes. They just all sort of travel together for a while. But at first, he and Big Bad Mama are are uh, <laughs> real quick. Got to fact check myself. Tom Skerritt. Was in Steel Magnolias. Oh, Damn it. he is in everything. Mark was shaking his head. He was he's, like, "Nope." He's he was drum. He played drum. He, Holy of shit! Of course, he, was, he did. I, I I can't even think of a movie that he's not in. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. I think do I it. did it with Big Beverly Hills Cop, which he's. I don't not know. In. I'm looking it up right I now. I don't know, but <laughs> if he wasn't, he probably should have been. You know. Um. Uh, where was I? Yeah, so she has she gets very naked for that scene. They eventually yeah. they eventually run across William Shatner, who plays a Southern con man gentleman. I believe he's a con man, isn't he? I I mean he's a con man, but I, what he really is. Remember in high school that friend that had a car when you didn't, but was like just miserable to hang out with <laughs> he's that guy yeah like he's he's able to pick the ponies so he has some value but he is he's a, the most unlikable unfun wimpy guy uh and that is evident by the 
lack of down to pound that he shows uh, <laughs> that, that he shows during the uh, sex scene uh, with Angie Dickinson. Yes. Uh, that, that scene, if we can jump to things we loved. Um, yeah, let's jump to things we love. Because, you know, spoiler alert, this is also my favorite scene. The scene, the love scene between Angie Dickinson and William Shatner. No, I will it's say uncomfortable. In the it is in the DVD I saw. Um, you can't see me, but I am nodding because it is uncomfortable. It is a scene that that Angie Dickinson is does not like, and and in in the director's commentary when he gets that scene, she's like, "Oh, let me do, let's just skip ahead because she does not want to watch the scene." Um, and it is one of the most hilariously awkward love scenes. Let me just try to paint a picture for you. Angie Dickinson's at the end of the bed, hanging on to the end, like, I guess the brass bars that are at the end of this bed. She's naked. Behind her is a naked William Shatner, who's just sort of stroking her back slowly and awkwardly. And it does not look sexual in any way. In fact, looks like a very poor naked massage. Yeah. And both of them look so uncomfortable and so disinterested. I know. He is also, I'm trying to understand, either he has a real downward S angle wee-wee that he's able to get in there, or he is just nailing her lower back. Right, right. Right now, now <laughs> she's not situated in any way that penetration could ever happen. On the I de- was just wondering the whole time, like, is his mom in the room? Like, why is he so bad at this? Is he just like, no, mom, it's just a massage. Well, well, like from the first uh, scene with Tom Skerritt, where she just takes her robe off and then like jumps into bed. So like Angie Dickinson was like, OK, I'm going to do this. So she just sort of says, OK, I'm going to get naked in this movie and to hell with it. So by the time because they get, to be fair, if I looked like Angie D- Dickinson, I would be naked all the time, you know. And she and, mean, and she gets naked in this movie quite a bit. Now in in the DVD, there's a, a featurette where where Roger Corman says we didn't realize she was going to be that naked because she <laughs> she really she shows it all in this. She really does show it all. Oh, I didn't realize she was going to be that naked. Really, Roger? Oh, Roger. Oh, really? The cheapest because, special effect there is. You know what I mean? Because in your other movies, there's just barely any nudity. Oh, Roger. Please. Um, but, like, so she basically was into it. So when it comes to that scene, she was fine with, like, having people there on set. She was, like, totally okay with it. William Shatner was not okay with having people on set. Well, yeah, because his mom was there in the room. He has to be. <laughs> right. <'Cause, laughs> she was like, Billy, are you... Uh, I want to see this new movie you're in. Let me see. Let me hear your monologue. Oh, like, Mom, tomorrow I'm filming a scene with Angie Dickinson. I ch- oh, I loved Rio Bravo. I'd love to watch. <laughs> oh, Mom. Mom. No, Mom. No, Mom. Not today. Not, no, Mom. Not a good scene for that, Mom. <laughs> I assume she had a perfume at that time. I'm sure, sure she did. I have I'm her sure perfume. I love it. I'm wearing it to your scene, William. I want to hear stories about John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll ask her directly. So, so he, but then apparently she, he wanted people to leave. She wanted, she was like to hell with it. And he had tried to tape everything down. And apparently Steve Carver, the director tells a story where, 
Angie Dickinson calls him out and is like, Bill, you're being ridiculous because he's taping everything down and he's very nervous. And she just takes her robe off in front of the crew and is like, come on, what, man. What do you mean by that? What, what do you mean? Like like taping down his toupee? You know, that's well taped down. That's already taped down. <laughs> that's glued. Uh, so then, I, then I'm, I'm confused. What is he taping? I'm, I'm assuming he's taping down uh, his, his man meat. I'm imagining that he's just taping down his balls because they're just everywhere. They're just all over the place. <laughs> so you can tell, like, this his is mother's little... helping him. She's like, William, get your little, get your acorns in check. <laughs> so this is a situation where you like... don't want to lose. You don't want to have an incident like you did during the spelling bee with your jingle jangles out all the time. <laughs> so you can see them on the bed. And he's hiding a little bit behind her, and his mom's off, <laughs> off, off, off camera. camera, going, "Bill, I can almost see <laughs> your special muffins." <laughs> Bill, you've got that jingle, jangle, jingle, Bill. <laughs> so you have somebody who's clearly okay with this, and you can tell in this scene that Angie Dickinson's kind of annoyed with him because she's not into this scene. And he is so awkwardly trying to, he's like, <laughs> it is sort of as like you're at a spelling bee and all of a sudden somebody gives you a word that you know, but for some reason you can't think of a how to spell. <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's like he's going, what, what is sex? <laughs> how does one tap it out sex exactly? <laughs> and they're, meanwhile, they're rolling and he's like just, petting her awkwardly with each hand and like running his hands down her back back just a little bit not too far not like down to the buttocks just a little bit and it just looks like the most awkward sex of all time and it's and, and it's and, a and he, to watch he leans into the back of her neck and is trying to kiss her but it's more like a cat trying to clean another cat and he's just sort of <laughs> do, do, bobbing his head down <laughs> all the while trying to hide his meats and cheeses yeah. but his but his uh, his pubes keep popping his, out. His pubes <laughs> do pop out. You can get a, get, get see a little bit of Captain Kirk's pubes if you're interested. <laughs> if, uh, for, uh, that's got to be a that's got to be a subreddit. Do the carpet right? carpet match the drapes? No one can tell because he has an artificial drape or carpet. I'm not. Sure. Not sure which is. He has an artificial carpet. Honestly, I hope they're both two pays. The pubes drapes. I'm not sure. (laughs) In this case, yes. (laughs) What if he goes to the same guy to give him fake pubes? That's a tube pube. A tube pube. Bill, we've got a lovely new piece for you. It's like, oh, this looks very nice. And and now, do you have something for? Do you have some pube? A pube version as well? And he's like, yes, we do. Your mother's already been here. We have a trim to size. Bill, let's try it on. I want to see them. (laughs) Come out of the dressing room. I want to make sure they fit. Don't wait to try it on when we get home. You know that always doesn't work. Uh, I was just going to say, also interesting to, to who is more comfortable getting naked for just a split second in the movie is uh, is Sally Kirkland, who who is there for like a split second just nude. 
was she the one that they they were selling the moonshine to? Yes, and she's in the back oh, yeah. bedroom, and she's just naked for like a second. All she is is back there naked, and then she gets mad at them, and then they run off, and that's it. She's well, in there she for a second. She was using the currency of nudity to pay for her moonshine. Mm, yeah, that's why. Well, and then we also have the again that uh, uh, burlesque show. Where you have uh, the two daughters that have uh, been, they know that they'll make some money for dancing and then they can make a little something on the side. So they do a very uncomfortable uh, uh, dancing, but the feature performer has uh, tassels that she is spinning at, at every which way. Angie Dickinson enjoyed the hell out of that in the director's commentary. She was like, look at her go. How does she do this? She was so into it. Exactly. I was wondering the same thing. And I thought, do you think that she knew that before the audition? (laughs) Right. I would imagine that she auditioned with that. So then I was going to ask, if that's the case, what was that audition like? (laughs) I know. Were they like, Anne, go ahead. Show us how you swing those around. I think they were like... Uh, the audition was probably like, um, yeah, so this is going to be the artistic portion of the movie where a uh, local young artist, entrepreneur, dancer uh, comes in and does a, does a beautiful, gorgeous, interpretive dance. And then she's like, well, uh, I've got some titty tassels. And they're like, uh, you're hired. <laughs> you're hired. I would like to see them be in a room and just go. You know, go ahead, stand right here at the mark, and just, you know, whenever you're ready. They're leaving Texas to go to California. I've never been to Paradise, Texas, but it is incredibly hilly there. I was really surprised. I thought, you know, it looks a lot like maybe Temecula. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you would think, like, you know, they have a little section called the Panhandle they probably had to drive through, which you would think would be a lot flatter than, than what they... Nope. Yeah, they'll, that's all. I, I don't think it is Temecula. I think it is. Uh, it actually, it's all shot it in really? Temecula. That's why. Okay, yeah. I didn't know if they shot yeah. in Temecula. I thought they shot somewhere else. No, like the main street, the bank, everything that was oh, all shot in Temecula. Oh, wow, there it is. Rodo. Yeah. 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 Or as I like to call it, Temecula. <laughs> or Tex- Texacola. <laughs> Texula. So, but I mean, I, I like better. to go wine tasting out in Texas. It's, it's they got a lot. They there. used a lot of that uh, area, I know, because they had a lot of the dirt roads there. They're trying to show a lot mm-hmm. more of the dirt roads um, uh, of the time, which I have to say, for uh, Big Bad Mama Two, they were, didn't seem as interested in that sort of. Uh, Spoiler alert! Keeping... There's a second one. <laughs> for people who don't know, there could be some people who don't know. Uh, well, to be honest, this is. Are we ready for research corner? Do we yeah. want to jive in? Yeah, Ryan. Let's get into it. <laughs> research corner. Are we ready? Who cares, Ryan's <laughs> research <laughs> corner? It's coming, whether you like it or not, Ryan's <laughs> research corner. I'm sorry. Did we have a caller? Go ahead, caller. Oh, lost no, the collar. No, Go ahead, Ryan. There's Ryan's no line. Research. There's no collar line. There's no collar line. All right. Um, for the research corner, I hope you are down to pound some research because. <laughs> 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 now, for this movie, now, uh, this is why I think, Mark, you're saying this movie is 
so uh, like such a new world movie because it's already a recycled uh, <laughs> premise because Roger Corman already made this movie. Uh, it's called Bloody Mama. And it was the story of Ma Barker, who was a real lady, and her son. She had four sons, and they were all criminals. And she traveled with them eventually once they pulled crimes together. And so she was uh, seen as like the uh, matriarch of this crime family. And they have been the subject of many movies. Uh, inclu- including uh, the 1960s Ma Barker's Killer Brood. And there was also a movie in 1940 called Queen of the Mob, though the name was changed from Barker to Webster because the FBI requested that the names be changed. Uh, so uh, he, he, he did this movie, uh, Bloody Mama, which is all about... Did, and did Tom Skerritt bone all of them, too? He is surprisingly not in it. This is the only movie that he was not in. Holy mackerel. It is uh, actually... That's some trivia. Shelly Winters plays Bloody Mama. It is actually one of the earlier roles of uh, Robert De Niro, plays one of her sons. Uh, Bruce Dern's in the movie. Um, I watched this movie <laughs> for this. Oh. I watched the movie. Oh. oh. <clears throat> and it's got a great performance from... Just about everybody, but it is um, it is mostly this movie in that it ends the same way. It is about them, like, committing crimes throughout things. They don't find a couple people and they just all have sex with them. Uh, it's about the boys kind of get into various misadventures. But essentially, Ma Barker... So it's so about half. So it's only half of what this movie is. Because half of this movie is them having right, sex exactly. with each other. So... Actually, because they had made this, I believe that Roger Corman asked uh, Frances Dole to, like, find another woman who was, like, a woman gangster. And she couldn't find one, so she made this up. But essentially, it sort of follows the, you know, the the plot of that. And Ma Barker and her sons were actually a big part of a lot of pop culture because they weren't not only in a couple of those movies and in Bloody Mama, but they were also... There was an episode of The Untouchables in 1959, which was about The Untouchables uh, going after a woman and her sons uh, that were criminals. Shelley Winters herself, who plays Bloody Mama, she played a character called Ma Parker. Um, and this is even previous to Bloody Mama that was in the 1960s Batman TV series. Ma Parker and her two boys and I think actually three boys and a daughter take on the Cape Crusader and almost win. But for some reason, they, they lost. It's strange. It's funny how that happened. Um, hmm. In fact, even Ma Fratelli from the Goonies mm. is meant to be loosely based on Ma mm. Barker. Um, and now, Bloody Mama was uh, was uh, written uh, was written up as a sort of a ripoff of Bonnie and Clyde. And so was Big Bad Mama. Though <clears throat> it seems more fitting for, for Bloody Mama because... That actually came out like a few years after Bonnie and Clyde, whereas this movie came out later. And that's the thing about Roger Corman. If he has a good idea, he does not mind repeating it again and again. So he already made Bloody Mama, which he directed. He decides, let's do it again. We'll call it Big Bad Mama. Immediately, the movie is a huge success for New World. Big Bad Mama was a big success for New World. 
So they immediately make it, they actually make a sequel right away. But we are not we we will eventually talk about that. It's a movie that's called Crazy Mama. Mm. Which actually has Cloris Leachman, which comes out a year later. Just wanted to jump in really quick and confirm with some real-time research. Tom Skerritt was not in Goonies. <laughs> so okay, okay. Proceed, proceed. Real time. Proceed. Real time. Um and uh and then they made years later when Roger Corman had already sold New World and he was on to his next venture. He got his old pal, Jim Wynorski, director of uh, Chopping Mall, amongst other things, to make Big Bad Mama 2. And if you want to watch a movie that does exactly what this does and is just far less successful, that is what this movie is. Dang. Back as Big Bad Mama. Mama, they're shooting at us! That's their job, honey! She makes money the old fashioned way. She steals it. Theft and stolen goods may be a crime. So is poverty, Doc. You're going straight to hell. Yes, ma'am, just as fast as I can. Now, Mama and her girls are having the crime of their lives. I've seen his type before. He only looks like trouble. No, Mama. I wouldn't mind giving him a ride. Excuse Billie Jean. She gets a little boy crazy. Billie Jean? Yes, Mama. You know, I'm not really sure what's going on here, but I just know it's not a good idea. You bathe with that thing? I also sleep with it, so don't get any ideas. Untouchable? She's unstoppable. She's hotter, meaner, and better than ever. <laughs> Big Bad Mama 2, starring Angie Dickinson. Can't be anybody else. Now, um, if you are thinking, this is 13 years later that they made Big, Mom- Big Bad Mama 2. If you're thinking, did Angie get naked in her 50s? The answer is no. If you could say, wait a minute, live fact check, there were boobies in that movie from Big Bad Mama. That was Jim Wynorski shooting a playmate <laughs> and just sort of cutting just her boobies in into the scene to to uh, take the place of Angie Dickinson's boobs. So that is not her actually getting naked in mm. the movie. Stunt boob. <laughs> There's some stunt boob action in that movie. <clears throat> But not too indifferent from the original, the daughters are down to pound well, the yes. entire movie. So they they, they fill get in naked a whole lot. Life. It's supposed to take place like two years later. She's married somebody else. That guy gets killed right away. But it doesn't make any sense because he dies. At, uh, spoiler: he she dies at the end of the first yes. one. So it's more of a reboot than an it's actual supposedly sequel. like two years after this one, and she's married this guy. Then he gets killed. Well, she doesn't. They really, go we back don't out know on if crime. She dies because her hand just kind of. I mean, it goes over the. It's suggested that she's dead. It's it's not just suggested. They every time someone dies in this movie, the the conclusion, the time of death is immediate. The boyfriend gets shot in the car. They're immediately like he falls over. They're like he's dead. Yeah. Everybody that, that dies is like, he's dead. She, uh, Polly, has sex with Tom Skerritt once. Next day, she says, yeah. I'm pregnant. 
Like they yeah, know it, these it things happens definitively. Very fast. I think this would be a great opportunity for us to make Big Bad Mama three, in which everyone who was quote unquote killed from the first two movies is actually still alive, and that's what the third movie is about. I want Angie Dickinson and Thomas Kara to have that sex scene now. Yeah, yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah, I want that. Would be great. I hope you would both be down to pound at this point because I think I would be down to see it. I'm down to watch it. I'm down to watch uh, William oh, Shatner and Angie Dickinson and William Shatner's mom. I can Dally only do imagine it's Get even more it. awkward at this point. Oh, yeah. I would love to watch that. Maybe he's a natural now. Maybe he's got it. He's got the, it figured out. The Big Man Moment 2 is literally he, such a retelling of the first one. There's just slight differences in that, like, instead of uh, kidnapping, like, the daughter of a politician, they kidnap a son of a politician who ends up, like, in getting involved in their schemes and one of the daughter falls for him. That's how they just make it slightly different. And Angie Dickinson falls in love with a journalist who's writing about them. Uh, who's played by Robert Culp, and she actually played his wife in a TV movie. So they, obviously, this was something they they just they were happy to do something together. But there's uh, there's like lo- there's like scenes between the two of them. So that's when you see her boobs, isn't it? A love scene between her and Robert Culp. So you see real Robert Culp's chest, and then her stunt body. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty great. It's pretty Jim Wynorski esque. That's all I can say. So if you uh, go on our Facebook page, you can uh, you can participate in the Culp Scarrett Shatner survey that we're taking on which oh, one would you want to yes. bone? Oh, I'm so oh glad. Yeah, yeah. We if have Scarrett to... doesn't win. I'm gonna throw a fit. <laughs> we have to make that a real reality. There. Go ahead, caller. Nope, there's no caller. Ah, okay. So so quickly no to roll into pairings, no, no. my pairing with this movie has got to be uh, Bloody Mama. Because I think if you're going to do a, a two for you, might as well see Bloody Mama and Big Bad Mama. And you can see the double, the double slice of a family going on a cross-country kill spree. Erica, what would be, what do you think you would want to do for pairings? Our fi- it's our new segment. That has been going really well. We started it a little bit ago. It's <clears throat> I I I'm not saying I have uh, had a lot of people write me on Twitter or whatever about how much they've enjoyed this segment, but I feel like it's going over really well. Um, Erica, what would you want to pair with uh, with Big Bad Mama? Oof! If you were going to pair it with another one and do a sort of a double feature, a double feature. <clears throat> um, well, I learned from Ryan's research <clears throat> that. Uh, Mama Fratelli from Goonies was loosely based off of Big Bad Mama. Ooh. So live, live I research. feel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that makes me mm-hmm. feel like I would pair it with Goonies. But then I think you're getting a real mixed crowd probably of, sure. of Big sure. Bad Mama fans mixed with, um, you know, Goonies fans. I, I, I don't know how well they would mix. Um, so... Uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to think on it. <laughs> I think. Uh, I'm gonna think. I'm gonna take this time. Well, I'm gonna well, take well, this time. This is like. I'm gonna take. Sit back. I'm gonna think about it. I'm. You know. I. I didn't come to this podcast prepared with a pairing. That would be silly. So I think no. I'm gonna take a step away. Kind of think about it. You know. Meditate on it. Mark, what would you want to pair with Big Bad Mama? Well, I think that 
I would rather pair Tom Skerritt than William Shatner. No, no, I'm Mark. You have to pair a movie. You have to pair. They're they're, they're in the movie. Uh, Both Mark, of them you are do not in the understand the segment whatsoever, Mark. It's uh, adorable, isn't this it? This is not. Oh no, I'm just I'm just saying that between the two, while I love the uncomfortable nature of the sex scene between Angie Dickinson and, and William Shatner. I think that there's real chemistry with Tom Skerritt and her. Pairing. I mean, there's real chemistry between Tom Skerritt and her this is and not her a daughter. But to be fair, there is chemistry with Tom Skerritt and everyone. So that's some of this in Um, Yeah, this is a real product of the 70s. And uh, I really, hopefully next week, you guys can really bring your A game here for pairings. I'm not sure if we... <laughs> can I get a? Can I jump in with a real live live pairing that I just thought of? Oh, uh, oh, wait! We don't have to wait till next episode. This is amazing. This is hot off the pairing press. This is hot off the Erica Dome. It's not a thing. That's awkward. Um, what if going along the lines of models turned actresses, it paired with Resident Evil? <laughs> That is Big Bad Mama and Resident Evil. That is even more wild than your Goonies and Big Bad Mama pairing. But think about it. Like Big Bad Mama, there's a lot of like hotness and sex scenes and explosions and car chases. And then Resident Evil, there's a lot of, you know, bad, big bad Mila Jojovich, if you will, like blowing stuff up, explosions, <laughs> kicking ass. I don't know. That is. Uh, Thank you for your just immediate judgment, Ryan. <laughs> I can always count on Ryan's support and judgment. Okay, Ryan. I okay. Then I got another one. I got a better one. Okay. Okay. I think Mark, I got this. this he gets again. it. He gets let's try it. This again. Joseph and Lyle Menendez. No. no also siblings. No. Also left. Also yeah, left the life of true, crime. But that's not. This is about a movie. You have to pair. Wait, a movie is that a Menendez this. brothers reference? You know now I'm loving Resident Evil because this is a great pairing. <laughs> because apparently you at least tried to pair it with another movie, which is the point of pairing. Let's just I, move on to uh, things we love, things we hated, which we already touched on a little bit. Erica, what's some things you loved? I did love Tom Scarrett a lot. <laughs> yes, I don't know if I've mentioned that. If you have um, mentioned that a lot. I loved it. I, I <laughs> loved him in it. Um, are we, am I also supposed to talk? I'm sorry. Was that a caller? <laughs> Were you pausing for a caller? <laughs> Go ahead, caller. Mark, other things that you loved. I, I just, I loved Angie Dickinson. <clears throat> I would say I really loved how um, we've talked about this movie being sort of like a, a movie of just fortunate circumstances or unfortunate circumstances as it ends up. But I've really, there's, there's something to be said about a road movie, like a road trip movie, which is what this is. And it really does sort of effortlessly slide from different scenario to another scenario. It's very well edited. It's, it's, it goes very quickly and briskly and uh, you're just sort of along for the ride. Maybe I could even pair it with something like Bottle Rocket. What? That would even be a good pair. Because that's also like kind of a road trip no. movie, though they end up getting sidelined at the but hotel. But there's no leading there are lady. No fireworks and it takes place movie. in Texas, so think about that. Yeah. There's no leading lady in Bottle Rocket. There is a leading lady, that the the girl at the hotel. That... I just hate Bottle Rocket, so oh, I'm going to fight you on man, it. Man, forget it. I don't see the pairing at all there. <laughs> you mark you do not understand the segment yeah 
Um, uh, so things we loved. What are things we hated? Things I hated. I think uh, you know. I don't. I didn't love the kind of sex pot nature of the of her girls. You know, I, I get it. I get that it's the movie. That's part of it. Whatever. I I think if I had to hate something about it, it would be that. Just because it is just, I don't personally find that funny, even in the sort of like Benny Hill, Keystone Cop, <coughs> like, oh, she's just sure. this young sex pot. What are we going to do? Well, I mean, I don't find that just generally funny ever really in any movie. So I think if I had to hate anything, it would be that. I don't know if it's always played for comedy. Like the oldest sister um, starts up with uh, Scarrett. Once William Shatner comes on the scene and is awkwardly having sex with their mom. And then she sort of goes, well, Tom Skerritt's around. I'll have sex with him. And he isn't even that into it. And he even says once they reach California that all he really wanted was to be with her, to be with Big Bad Mama. But maybe a Hallmark card could be a one way to share your emotions or, 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 you know. Maybe not having sex with your daughter. But he had, or she had already ditched to... him for William Shatner, so he was like, eh. So the logical next step that's is I'm going to bone That's your the plot of the movie, and... is he's trying to have sex with the whole family. I told you this. The top. Oh, shit. <laughs> but, no, but what you're saying is he's going to have sex with the whole family with the intention of ultimately marrying the mom. Yeah. I don't yep. think, that, I think that's, that's a, that is the, that is the example of a yeah. road less traveled. <laughs> People don't typically go He's down. Like, I'm going to pull this path. off. I'm going to have sex with the mom and the two daughters, then marry the mom. <clears throat> and it won't be weird. Every be Christmas totally it'll be cool totally and everybody's cool. going to be awesome about it. And it's not going to be weird or awkward ever. Um, yeah, it's certainly yeah. weird that that happens. But I have to say, like, for a movie where that happens... And normally, if you that's if that's if you were to say there's a movie where there's a guy that meets a mom and her two daughters, ends up having sex with the mom, and then also the two daughters, and impregnates the 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 second daughter, that would be a movie in and of itself. Right. But this is not that. Right. This but is I not mean, a movie, movie where that's the plot. That's just a subplot to this movie. <laughs> so, Mark, things you hated. I honestly uh, and. I, I hated William Shatner's character. And I don't mean that as kind of a slight on William Shatner. I just felt actually the character was a waste. There's no reason for him to be there. He's, I mean, I guess in the end, he's the one right, that rats right. them out. Uh, and so you have to have this weak character that has no spine. But you really never know, like, what is his motivation? Is he just uh, trying to hide with them? Is he uh, hoping that he can just skate by? I, I mean... There's really no backstory to explain why he's in the situation he's in, what he's running from. He has no spine, but yet he's committed some crimes because he's in trouble. And the whole time, he's just a very spineless individual that is claims to be a fighting championship. But when he tries to pick a fight with Tom Skerritt, it's laughable. And he doesn't know how to have sex. So I don't know why he's in this movie. And after which, uh, that sex scene, uh, Angie Dickinson just straight up uh, uh, gives yeah, him the cold shoulder for the next two potential <clears throat> sex scenes. With, with good so, reason after that sex scene. I don't know if that was in the script or yeah. if that was just her being like, there's no way that we're doing this again, Bill. 
we're not. We're not doing this. Your mom is Angie, two feet away from me. Angie. I'm not doing this again. I love your perfume. <laughs> I'm wearing it. Doesn't Get- Bill have the loveliest pubes? I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't talk on set. Stand next to Bill and pull down his pants. I want to take a Polaroid. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I, I, yeah. I can see that about Shatner. I, I felt like when he came into the movie, there was like he had this air of being sort of like a, an aristocrat that she was maybe drawn to. But like you said, during that sex scene, it feels like she f- very much regrets this mistake to be with this guy because he is so bad at sex. And but yet. But he's he's good at picking horses, so she's like, yeah. well, I guess I'll. Keep but I'm not around. sure why she useful. would leave the scarret, right? I don't know why anybody would. So this honestly. has got to also be what you hated well, Ryan, too, right? Yeah, I mean, I would hate anybody turning their back on Tom Scarrett for any reason. That's that's fair. That's fair. Ryan. What did you love that's and fair. what did you hate, Ryan? I've mentioned what I've. I, I'm trying to think of what I hated in this. I uh, it's a very enjoyable romp. Um, I would have to say that I agree the, the sort of weird, it's weird when you have a guy that, uh, gets near a family and has sex with all of them, that the dark horse is this guy who only had sex with the mom and (laughs) had scruples and then turns everybody in (laughs) that you're like, ugh, wish we had not had that guy in the whole picture. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, (laughs) maybe I'm going to go out on the limb. Could Shatner have been like an undercover cop? He f- sent yeah. in to infiltrate the family and turn him in, and that's why he's so bad at sex because he's like, they, I'm at work. Honestly, they needed him <laughs> because literally the two guys, one of which is Dick Miller, um, th- uh, playing the two federal agents after them, are so dumb they cannot do literally anything. Um, and the only way they would have been caught is because William Shatner decides to like, Ooh, I get caught. Cause he was just sort of like a bad criminal and he gets caught and turns them all in. That's literally the only way they could have tracked them down because these two federal agents are on them from the start and literally cannot, cannot hit the broadside of a barn outside of that one amazing shot of the boyfriend in the very, very beginning. They're keystone copying. They're For keystone sure. copying the whole thing. I mean, it's, they're, they're the worst cops. Every time they come into a scene, you're almost a little bit annoyed. Like, uh, here we're going to see them being the bumbling cops that can't do anything right. And uh, you're right. They can't, they can never shoot them. At the ending scene or the penultimate scene where they have the big shootout, the girls drive the car into the middle of the shootout. They, the, you have the cops and you have Angie Dickinson and, and, and Tom Skerritt within 20 feet of each no. other and no one can hit anyone. And then they drive a car in the middle, which I thought, seriously, you're already, you, you've already raised an eyebrow with me that you're letting your daughters have sex with your ex-boyfriend, but now you're going to tell them, go get the car and drive into the middle of this gunfight. Too far. I, Too I far. Mean, I, I, <laughs> I would, I would argue she might not the, be the, the best. The title, That's when Mark the title like, big, bad mama. Takes on a different meaning. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. She's not quite a very good mama. She's not big. She's not big. That's what I. That was that moment that I was like, "You're not big. <laughs> right. You're just an average. You're size a little woman. mama because uh, you think that that's bad. a good idea. You tiny mama, you. 
<laughs> Your parenting is lacking. It is therefore small. <laughs> um, yeah. I, you know, but when it comes to things I loved, I actually love the two cops because they're just so pathetically what? bad. I thought those scenes were just great. Oh. Oh. No. Wrong. Uh, no, you're wrong. No, right. uh, well, we, you know, subjective. Um, I like mm-hmm. the end. I actually like. There's a moment that at, at the at the grand shootout where Angie Dickinson sort of like silently looks over at Tom Skerritt, and they just have a moment where they look at each other. And Angie Dickinson says in the commentary, she's like, "I will take credit for this." She said, uh, "This was not planned, but I told the director like we got to have a moment where they sort of look at each other." And uh, sort of recognize that, you know, it's kind of over, but that they had this relationship and it was sort of their recognition of all that has happened so far, which, again, I thought was great, but also doesn't speak to the fact that she ditched Tom Skerritt for William Shatner during all of this. I'm like, it is great if William Shatner hadn't entered the picture and you had uh, you had stayed with Tom Skerritt the whole time, but you didn't. You kind of left him. So let's go to favorite scene. What's our favorite scene? Um, I'm going to, I'm the opening scene at the church and not because it's better than any other scene, but immediately you're in, they're going to this church. It's an arranged marriage. And then you have them getting into an argument in the church and the the minister saying, uh, this is goddamn blasphemy, which is such a great line. Uh, A minister saying that in a church and it just, it sets off everything. Within five minutes, you're you you are, you know you're watching a movie that's totally bananas, and you're like, okay, I'm in. Like all logic has left at this point. I have no idea why this is happening. I have no idea where they're going to go, and I'm totally. It's Angie in. Dickinson's favorite scene from the commentary. She loves that scene. I, th- I think you're right. It really does set the tone and sets the. Sets up the whole movie, sets up the character, sets up what you're about to watch. Um, because it starts with them going to church, and once she yeah. says, no, you're not going to get married, you, you've, you now we're on the ride. That's the moment where everything goes from there. Erica, what's your favorite scene? Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's hard to, it's tough to, like, pick a, pick a favorite scene, I think, from this. I think that's a really good one. Um, I mean, obviously, we, we've already talked about it a lot, but obviously the tassel scene is yep. hilarious. Yep. and goes on for such a long time. Like, normally that would be like a blip in movies now where you're like, wait a minute, what was that? And it just, it really... What was interesting it goes to, on What's on interesting on. to that scene, too, is the fact that the girls get away... And they end up in this, uh, what it's like the Legionnaires. And yeah. they're having like a get together. <clears throat> and they get hired on as these dancers. And the reason why they're having no, uh, there's no parental oversight is because Angie Dickinson, in order to make some money, has just sort of taken a quick job at the restaurant at a diner. And she's serving yeah. people. And all of a sudden, it's like you don't yeah. understand. But like, to us, that seems awkward. Like, did she just get a job? Yeah. How did she do that? Whereas, like, I think at the time, it was just like they would hire people on very quickly for a just – they didn't needed somebody for work. So they would just hire her as a waitress. Mm-hmm. But that just seems so because... awkward because it, we feel like, well, that's yeah. something you would go and you would give a resume and you have an interview. Like, how do you just suddenly get into this town and go, 
let me grab a quick job and raise some money so we can get out of here. Well, we feel like it's weird because the vetting process for the tassel dancer is very thorough. I right. mean, there's weeks but of... But you got that job in the intense diner. Intense like interrogations, no, mm-hmm. background checks. They make sure to get the right outfits. Yeah, They're like, get some tests, outfits for these girls. You know, costume right. fittings. The list goes on and right. on. Also, for the diner, you're not... You're, you're just filling out an application. Tassels yeah. is yeah. resume material. Absolutely. You have to... You have to look up references. Yep. You have to get a recommendation. There's a lot, yeah, a lot of, of vetting. There's yeah. a lot of uh, mm-hmm. recommendations on on LinkedIn yeah. that you got to yeah. make sure that you go through. At that point, um, it was just a card serious. catalog database, but it still was very vital. LinkedIn, mm-hmm. still, and it's still <laughs> called LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah, it's been around since 1849. <laughs> um, little known fact: I would say another favorite scene for me. Of course, I've already mentioned that uh, I love the William Shatner love scene, which is, uh, man, if we have some audio from that scene, we really could lay it in right here. That would be so great. But anyway, the other scene is that from the get-go, when Francis Dole was assigned to write the first draft of this from Roger Corman, he wanted them to knock over an oil field, which Francis admits was just not something she was able to figure out how to do. And that's the scene where they go and they suddenly fake make this fake uh, uh, donut delivery. Oh, right. And, yeah. but, and she's like, I'm yeah. not sure what you would steal from an oil field. But in that scene, they get a getaway car yeah. and Big Bad Mama like lays down on the floor of the passenger seat of a car and shoots out the door, which is a real stunt that Angie Dickinson did. She really did lay in the car and do this. <clears throat> and... Um, that's a great scene. It actually is a really great scene and a great little action scene that they do. Of course, the again, another example of the Keystone Cops, of uh, the federal agents hunting them because they cannot hit them whatsoever. But uh, it's a cool little stunt. It's a good scene. That's a favorite right there. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, what else? That's it, right? So if you are looking to watch this movie, now I watched a DVD um, that is a little outdated because there's now a Big Bad Mama, Big Bad Mama 2 uh, disc that you can buy um, where you can get both. And there is a director's comment to the director's commentary that I watch with Angie Dickinson and Roger Corman. But there's a second commentary with um, Steve Carver and cinematographer Bruce Logan who Angie Dickinson gives a lot of love to in her commentary. Um, But I didn't get to see that, and I'm really bummed that I didn't get to. So that is one way you get to see both of those movies. But it's also, if you are not interested in physical media, and shame on you if you're not, but if you're not, you have been shamed. (laughs) But you can also... If you're not... If you're not, uh, please turn off this podcast. Come to this podcast to be shamed. uh, Um, Buy the Blu-ray of this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, we are going to release this on Blu-ray eventually. Um, You can also watch this on Prime. I think that's also also both uh, Big Bad Mama and Big Bad Mama 2 are available on Prime, so you can watch it there. Um, So that's it for the New World Podcast. Please uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find the show. Um, We're available anywhere you can find podcasts, such as, like I said, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, and any place you find podcasts, but but really, honestly, those three. Um, So (laughs) check us out there. Find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and get in on this amazing poll we're going to take. I'm really excited for this poll. 
Um, and uh, please tell your friends. Uh, we'll see you next time on the New World Podcast. Bye, everybody. Tom Scarrett! So that's how it is in their family. <laughs>